Hi, I'm Rod Rorick, a plastic surgeon in Dallas, Texas, back with Rorick News. We talked about the JFK assassination in part one, and we looked at the medical data, and we reviewed it very carefully about what really happened in Dallas from a medical data perspective. In part two, I'm going to talk about how this medical data, especially from the people that I personally interviewed that were alive at the time, the doctors, especially Dr. McClelland, who was in the ER, and how it compares and contrasts to what was reported in the Warren report, those disparities. So, so let's get into it. So I think that the bottom line is we will never truly know who killed JFK, but we at least need to set the record straight from the medical data that it wasn't just one lone gunman and that it wasn't just three bullets. It was so much more complicated than that. But that's really what was been sewn into the Warren report of what Americans should believe. And I think that's the travesty of the Warren report and of the whole JFK assassination. So what really happened on that Friday morning on November 22nd, 1963, when he was the last president to go in an open uh, motorcade in, uh, in Dallas, Texas, let's, let's sort out some of these medical data facts. And obviously, a lot of these are from the National Archives and actually from the uh, JFK Museum in Dallas. And, and of course, the Zabruder film is, is copyrighted and is, is in the, the museum in Dallas, and you can review that there. And I think that the unedited clips would be, un, would be great to see of exactly how and what happened. So it's interesting that recently the White House ordered the release of thousands of more documents as per has been deemed by the law on, on the murder of JFK. And, you know, we're still not there. You know, they've, they've actually released now 97% of the documents in the collection that are now available. So there are now over 13,000 such files online. But in these papers, there wasn't a lot of revelations from what I reviewed. Uh, but I think it did show that perhaps that a lot could have been done more to embody and to uh, perhaps help in the investigation from, I think, both uh, especially the CIA and other groups. And, and so what really happened is, uh, is we, th there's a lot of doubts because of the things that weren't released at the time and what was actually truly said and how it was investigated in 1963 and 64 in the Warren report. And, and just remember, the, the archives said that there, there are still uh, 515 documents that are still being withheld in full. And another, you know, 2,545 that will, will be partly withheld. So I don't know when and what that means. But I think there is a, uh, an incredible book um, by uh, Josea Thompson, uh, who calls, it's, it's a book called Last Second in Dallas. It's, an, it's a life work of this uh, incredible detective that's dedicated a lot of his life to investigating the science and the non-science behind the Kennedy assassination from the, the autopsy to the missing data to the motorcycle microphones to 
the claims that were made on the Warren report. And, and the summary of his was that it was a true professional hit and there was no lone gunman. And I think that kind of, really that parallels what the medical data that I know of has shown in, in looking at that. And I'm gonna just review that with you. And the Sabruder film is, I think, in the National Archives, but it's also, like I said, in the, uh, in the Dallas Museum and the JFK Museum. And it really does show, obviously, that there was far more than the three-shot theory, the second shot, which was a miraculous bullet that went through both JFK and then through, Senator, uh, through uh, Governor Conley. It clearly shows that that was not the same bullet, but it was a second and third and probably fourth bullet that actually was a fatal blow, and that the fatal blow was perhaps from the front and from the grassy knoll or the picket fence. And I think that really shows that. And so all of the evidence that was gathered around the accused assassin, Lee Harvey Oswald, yes, he was, he was one of the assassins. He was one of those that was there. But if anybody really believes that you can, with a bolt action, you know, Carbono rifle, you know, be able to deliver so many shots in three shots in, in under five seconds, it's just it's impossible, impossible through a moving vehicle and an oak through an, an oak tree. You know, that's just not possible. But it all is summarized about what what the American public needed to know uh, with the new president, Lyndon Baines Johnson. And he basically appointed Earl Warren with a mission saying, you have to tell the American people that these are the facts, that it was a lone gunman, the three-shot theory. And really, that's what was published. And unfortunately, you know, the one volume that was published publicly really had things that were with, with, withheld, x-rays and photographs, and, and it was an amazing array. And of course, there was an amazing number of people that you may all know, past President Gerald Ford, who was a representative at that time, and others. And, and so the three-shot theory was that the first shot was fired from above and behind it, missed the second shot, hit both Kennedy and, and Conley in the back. And, and if you believe that, I have some you know, I have some land on Mars to sell you, where it goes into the back of his, uh, of his, of his upper uh, spine and comes out through his throat and it hits Conley in the, in the, uh, in the right uh, thorax and then it comes out on his, on his uh, right distal um, wrist and then it ends up in his left knee. Now, I mean, we couldn't even do a magic bullet that does that today, um, but for some reason that was made to be believable. It was just, it was never been able to be ever reproduced by anybody, by any situation. And when you look at the clips of, of the Zabruder film, there is no way that that happened. It looks like the second bullet did hit Kennedy in the back. The third hit was the fatal one from the front. But there was another bullet that hit Conley. It was a separate gunman that hit Conley. And that really is what makes the most sense, uh, both from what was seen at the site, but also what the Parkland doctors saw. And I think one of the most amazing things was that the Warren report really, I think, didn't do us justice in reporting the results of the autopsy because the autopsy was incomplete. And it showed things that were probably not necessarily uh, 
totally factual from the incomplete uh, autopsy and the incomplete x-rays and photographs. So, so what we're really seeing here is a compilation of data that actually made the sense that it was one lone assassin, three shots, one from missed, second one was the magic bullet, and then the third shot, which was the one that actually literally, you know, took off President Kennedy's head. Now, did that come from the back? I mean, decisively, I would say no. And even the exhibit 399, the, the pristine bullet, which was found the next day in a gurney, there's no way it would have traversed all those organs and bones in two individuals to look this good, this bullet looking this good. What others have tried to do it in other, in other type of uh, experiments and showed that the bullets are shattered. And so the magic bullet theory, I think, is truly a myth. And then I think the biggest discrepancy has been the Parkland doctors. And the one Parkland doctor, the late Dr. Robert McClelland, who I interviewed uh, about 10 years ago, was amazing because he, to this day and until he died, never changed his story. He was to the right of the president when he came in in the, in the, uh, in the uh, emergency room. And he said he literally saw this huge fist hole in the back of his um, head with brains oozing out while they were doing their resuscitation. And this is that pictorial representation. And it's very dramatic. And of course, this is something that really resonates because those of you who know, and I knew Dr. McClellan, and he's an incredible, was an incredible, reputable surgeon around the world as a general surgeon and trauma surgeon. And he said, I saw it and looked at it. And then all of those skull fragments that were blasted out of the president's back of his head were found on in the street the next day. There were several, three segments, huge ones from the occipital area. And they were found on the street. And they come exactly from the occipital bone. And that has to be a shot from the front, from the right to the front and blowing out the back of his skull. And so that's the only way it can happen. And, and of course, the autopsy was really incomplete. Uh, they were not allowed to do certain things. The, the x-rays were confiscated. Some of the photographs, there was withheld evidence. All these things really did not make much sense. And, and I think that none of the... Um, None of the reports from Dallas were used to give them their final uh, summary, you know. And I think so to put in a do one of the most um, uh, important autopsies in modern history to have it be done in such a fragmented manner is unbelievable. So I would say, you know, that the the medical examiner, Dr. Humes, was I think handicapped by that, and that certainly. You know, his final objective was to say that the projectiles were fired from above and behind the deceased and that uh, that was the cause of his injuries. So the withheld evidence, the things that we didn't know, and most importantly, the Parkland doctor's evidence, I think firmly show that this was not a lone assassin. This was a multiple assassins, at least two, you know, the lethal one being from the picket fence and in front of the grassy knoll that really is the one that penetrated his right temporal area and blew out his occipital area and really killed President Kennedy. That's the one that was the most lethal. And, and there are all kinds of reports of 
individuals going up to that area and there was an individual there that said, listen, I have this covered, I'm from the Secret Service. And of course, there was nobody reported to be by the picket fence from the Secret Service. So there's all kinds of conjectures on who did it, who who may have done it. And, and honestly, the truth is it was a professional hit. It was multiple assassins done from multiple different areas that killed President Kennedy. The big question is why and who. Why, there are many, many conjectures on why from all the different arenas and who, and I don't think we will truly ever know who really did assassinate President Kennedy, but it was not as the Warren report has allured us to be. There's been multiple Senate committees in the 70s and early 80s that actually looked at this and, and really have refuted a lot of what the Warren report was said to have done. And it was really put together very hastily because President Johnson wanted it out fairly quickly to put it to bed that it was a single assassin and a lone shooter. So. I think the most important thing that we should know is that this was not this was not a lone assassin. This was a professional hit. And will we ever know who and who did it? I don't think so. Why do you think all of this information has come out so slowly over the years? And it just feeds into all of the conspiracy theories that are surrounding it from the whodunits. And I think the whodunits today isn't as important as why. Why was this evidence not given to the American public initially? That is still the remaining outstanding question that I think all of us need to, to learn, especially in the United States of America, you know, where everything is supposed to be open to all of us to see and hear. And yet there was a lot of things that were not open till now. And I think... Just now, we're getting fragments of more and more of the evidence. Uh, but I would tell you that, you know, it is somewhat frightening. You know, when the medical data and the, the medical experts on the ground said all these different things, and they really weren't interviewed, and were, they they're were really discarded. And there were a lot of people that should have been interviewed for the Warren Commission that weren't. And I think that, uh, so I think the disparities between the medical data and the autopsy and the Warren Commission is pretty astounding. But I think the lessons learned here is that we have to learn and know the truth. You know, and the truth is that this was not a lone assassin. It was a professional hit type of assassins, and it was multiple assassins. So where do we go from here? I think this is a good history lesson for all of us. You know, no country is perfect. None of us are perfect. And But I think that the most important thing is the truth will set you free. And I think that in the future, the most important thing we can do as Americans, it, and it's really is to, you know, follow the science, follow the evidence, and don't be dissuaded by really what sounds like it was such a simple three-shot single assassin theory, which of course never made sense in the first place. So follow the science, and follow the evidence. So I hope you found this to be 
very helpful to you and hopefully will help educate you a little better about this incredible mystery that I think will go on for a long, long time. But I think we're getting more clarity on this issue. And I think that's important for all of us to, to eventually say, hey, we now can move on. So give me your thoughts, give me your comments, and always we're helping you become a more educated view about all of these things, not only in life, but, you know, in our country.